0: Hello and welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Wood College. My name is Rossum McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. Fitzgerald is an Emeritus Professor of Medicine and Therapeutics at UCD and was Professor of Medicine and Consultant Physician at St. Vincent's University Hospital in Dublin from 1977 to 2006. I will start with the first question I do with most people, or everybody in fact, is... How was your time in Klongos and what do you remember of it?
1: Well, I, knowing that this was coming up, I uh, kind of op- opened my memory vault and, and, and a bit like opening up a cupboard of toys. They all came tumbling out. So um, huge memories. And uh, despite my age and having uh, come to Klongo's, uh 70 years ago, seven zero, oh. uh, I remember almost with... Photographic accuracy, my time there, and the names of priests and boys and friends and uh, so forth. So, yeah, I, I went. I went there in 1953, which my grandchildren would regard as <laughs> a time when dinosaurs left the earth. Yeah. But they were. They, I had been to Klongo's, uh on a, an exploratory mission with my mother, who was a great Jesuitophile, mm. and. Uh, She brought me up there and I was interviewed for a place. And uh, at that time, our family were going through pretty tough, tough economic time in in our business, a small business in Tipperary Town, where I came from. Mm. So at the end of it all, I was uh, accepted, uh, but I was accepted into rudiments at the age of 11, uh, jumping a year. And uh, so that was in at the deep end. Uh, and uh, my first impression of Congress when I walked walked through it for that preliminary interview was well, going up one of the galleries there where they had uh, all the portraits and so on. And I realized that there was a, it was more Anglophile than I was used to in Tipperary Town, which yeah. is a hotbed Republican <laughs> part of the country, and uh, seeing uh, bewigged judges Uh, who were the head judges in the Punjab and places like that. So I knew this was a slightly different place than the CBS in Tipperary Town, where I I had got a terrific education. But anyway, that was reinforced a little bit then by seeing the prospectus, where I had to buy uh, cricket gear and white flannels uh, and so forth. Anyway, I went up my first day accompanied by my parents uh, with a newly fashioned tuck box uh, <laughs> and i was a bit overwhelmed at the very beginning with the sheer noise of the place echoing through the galleries as people unpacked their stuff and uh, i thought i, I, I was slightly uh, discombobulated but uh, and my tear ducts almost spouted for <laughs> a millisecond but then it all settled down and uh I spent my first night in the dormitory without any problems and slept and then uh, arrived to the new reality. And you are the so first
0: I- one in your family ever to go. There was no link at all with the place. Pardon? There was no link with your family or predecessors. You were no, the there first. There was
1: no link whatsoever, yeah. except that my mother, who had been a medical student for a couple of years in UCD, had met a few old Clongonians and seemed to have been impressed. So she, <laughs> she was the motive force behind our going to Clongos. My father had no connection with Clongos. He had got his secondary education at a dio- diocesan school. Mm. And uh, so I adapted uh, like a duck to water very, very quickly, uh, adapting to a new class that had been altogether and I was a new new fellow. Because you skipped, the
0: missed elements, so they would have been a cohesive group when you joined them.
1: I joined them, but anyway, yeah. I I blended in. Hmm. A couple of people tried to pin odious <laughs> uh, nicknames on me, like Specky, Four Eyes, and Murray yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Mirish Mock Suction Pipe, oh. uh, because I had uh, got praise from a teacher in the first week. Oh. But anyway, I, I, I was streetwise from Tipperary, and I was able to uh, shuck that off and never got a nickname. But, yeah, I ad- uh, adapted very quickly. I was put in a remedial Latin class because I had none, which was terrific of the Jesuit. Uh, myself and Paddy Murphy from Ballina and Jerry Black from Clonus, mm-hmm. uh, learned the basics of Latin and got up to speed in three months and uh, joined the mainstream then. So I I thought it was fantastic. There were people from all over Ireland and even from exotic places like Fiji and Trinidad and Penang in Malaysia. Even then? Uh, Yes. There was one boy who came from South Africa accompanied by his dog, pudsy uh, and of course there were guys from northern ireland yeah. and uh i reveled in that and there were all sorts of regional accents a big contingent from cork and from the north of ireland uh, so i i really fell in love with the place and uh probably of my family i was the most enthusiastic about it we had i had four brothers who were in clongos who liked it or disliked it to to varying degrees, uh, depending on their own individual experiences over 25 years, because we were all there over 25 years. So um, I particularly liked games and involved myself in rugby and even the dreaded cricket. (laughs) Uh, There seemed to be no tutors or trainers for any of this. We all went off and learned a few fundamental rules and then went at it uh, with a referee, but uh, (laughs) no trainers of any kind. So I hugely enjoyed playing all the Clongos games of the time, which didn't include my Naysa game from Tipperary hurling. Yeah. Uh, That that was played only on St. Patrick's Day as a kind of concession uh, (laughs) to to Gaelic culture. Yeah but i had uh, i i remember particularly very good teachers that i had or memorable teachers maybe who weren't very good teachers but were memorable characters and i mean there was uh, ray lawler was yeah. a, a priest of uh, great renown to generations of Congonians, and uh, ray was somebody who whose basic ethic apart from being ruled by catholic principles and ignatian principles was what would caesar augustus or cicero do in such and such a situation (laughs) he was he was a marvelous teacher and a great role model and he was somebody who his big thing was honor and roman nobility Mm -hmm. and also that we were privileged and uh, an awful lot of other people in Ireland uh, weren't privileged to have the education we had, and we had to remember all of that. Uh, So, in fact, there was one semi-hilarious episode where the Roman honour thing came into us. Uh, We had an unfortunate episode where a slightly disturbed boy decided to self-immolate with petrol from a cigarette lighter oh, and uh, we had heard the news and thought it was uh, not tragic but hysterically funny yeah. which of course yeah. was immature yeah. and so there was such a racket in the classroom that Ray Lawler came in and he said the only way to deal with this is the way the Romans would deal it, deal with it decimation. And so he <laughs> took out every 10th person from the class mm. and sent them for punishment. Another teacher uh, of a completely different ilk was a guy called Jacko Leonard, Jack uh, who was a Jesuit who kind of gave the impression that he was a jaded, tired cynic. He was very good at French. He, 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 he doubled as a French curé. Somewhere in Provence every summer, and uh, told us tales of going down to Provence and life in Provence and mm. the good wine that there was in Provence. Uh, but he he, he had uh, he he inculcated a lot of French culture into us, and he 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 also had a great line of bon mots of various kinds mm. that he used to take delicious pleasure in enunciating and we could see them coming uh, <laughs> a mile off yeah. and we wondered what the next ones. A lot of them involved uh, snobbishness of various kinds. Kind, yeah. I, I always remember his, uh, he said, the true mark of a Congolian boys is the effortless assumption of superiority. <laughs> and we all laughed hysteria- yeah. hysterically and uh, this would be a mantra every time we met yeah. uh, at reunions and so forth over the years. So he had he, had, he didn't have much respect for Gaelic culture. And, yeah. uh, one fellow in our class, he decided to call Murphacone, and uh, he re- related to us uh, an experience he had when travelling on All-Ireland Day uh, on a train that was going to Dublin and, and saying, and then at pearls instead of Pearls, except <laughs> at pearls
0: oh my god <laughs> at
1: pearls uh, <laughs> they came on board and consumed uh, minerals by the neck and kilograms of ham sandwiches so uh, he, he was he was certainly um, a, a memorable guy. And then we had some wonderful lay teachers. The music department was particularly strong with T.C. Kelly, yeah. who had composed concertos and symphonies and so forth. And then orally, Mickey Weedle, who played the organ, mm. used to hammer out a song that I'll mention later on in the uh, chapel with great gusto. But as, as a counterweight to the slightly Anglophile, Redmondite culture of Clongos at the time, uh, there was a lay teacher called Brian O'Doul, who was there for a short period of time. He had been a Jesuit, or he later became a Jesuit for a few years, but then jumped over the wall. Mm. And uh, Brian introduced Irish culture in a big way. He had a Nagoelga he invited uh, Thomas Sophie from Minute, who later became cardinal of oh to address us and uh, he introduced us to Gaelic music and fauna gallon lay and so forth so he was he was an absolutely wonderful influence, and in later years, I went to Uh, a very moving funeral where his life was celebrated. So those were an array of teachers. I mean, at the dark end of the spectrum, there were a few bully priests around and uh, one who really had had undesirable tendencies, which I spotted straight away and kept away from. But, you know, that's the way things were then. There, There was no such thing as formal child protection or any of those things. But right. overall, this was a terrific experience.
0: And do your years still meet up regularly, Mersh?
1: Less so in recent years for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, well, we tried to organize a, a reunion a few years ago, but GDPR had yeah. come in. Correct. And unfortunately, the two veteran organizers of our uh, year uh, had both died, and so the list died with them. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we haven't been able the, the sort of diminishing band of people of that era, uh, we're all in our 80s now, that has more or less gone by the
0: board. Mm. And when did you look back on those 80 years, Mersh, and what values or disciplines? Did Clongos give you that you can look back and say, they definitely affected the way you made decisions. Thorber affected the way your life went or didn't go, perhaps the way you wanted.
1: Well, I mean, it was it was generally beneficial. I greatly valued my previous education, first of all, uh, in the family because they had very strong values and uh, were very politically involved and involved in business and in. What we call culture and aesthetics, and it was reinforced in the Christian brothers then, because I had two fantastic teachers who were uh, the complete opposite of the usual caricature of Christian brothers. They were extraordinary liberals and interestingly, the two main inspirational teachers from that time jumped over the wall and got married wow. but in 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 congos, uh, I mean that a lot of that was reinforced and particularly in the area of discussion and debate. Uh, I had an aptitude for debating, and uh, that stood me in great stead. And also, I think the wonderful mix of people, I mentioned some of the exotic contributors to Congos at that particular time, all sorts of cultures, it really broadened my outlook compared to that which I'd have had if I went to a local school. Uh, so there was a wonderful breadth of experience uh, of all sorts of personalities, all sorts of backgrounds, and uh, mixing with those and learning to live side by side with each other without conflict. I mean, that was uh, th- that's something that particularly in medicine stood to me in dealing with people and getting along with people, and then, of course being an administrator in in various roles I had, dealing with people at all sorts of levels. And I suppose honesty, truthfulness, and the old Father Ray Lawler noble honor, what would Cicero or Augustus (laughs) or Caesar have done uh, on the basis that Roman honor was sacrosanct? That was extremely strong. And of course, the, the sort of Catholic Christian background even though that has lapsed quite a bit, but just the ethics of it of, of truth and honesty and commitment to hard work, which I learned in Congos. I, I was always at an aptitude for hard work, but there was a particular discipline in Congos where uh, everything from the designated study periods to being urged to do the matriculation in fifth year, just learning our own curriculum to having matriculated and not having to do the dreaded mathematics in uh, sixth year. Myself and a classmate, Willie Scally, uh, we got linguophone Italian records, taught ourselves Italian uh, without any teachers in Congo <laughs> on LinguaPhone records. And we both got honours in the leaving search in Italian. We took, I think there were seven people, I looked up the record, seven people who did Italian in that year. So I'm sure we were there uh, the only non rocca or Cofola names (laughs) in the register of Italian students. But anyway, Congos uh, gave me um, a, a particular work ethic and a work flexibility and a work Versatility that came in very, very usefully later, and I developed on on that substrate.
0: And when you mentioned the bullying in those darker times, that was minor. because they were. were, I mean, in our time, we I went there in seventy three, and there was still a bit of that merch. But I'm sure there was being it was being kind of moved out. But I found first year in rudiments tough till Christmas. And then you kind of get the hang of the place. It was probably grammar before you really settled. And I was sure. the first in my family. So it was like the school was picked out of a book in fairness. Um, but yeah. I, I was fascinated by the whole thing visually and what was available. And you knew, uh, personally, it was great for me because I've been in 10 schools before that broad. but, uh, it took me a while to settle. And When I did, I never looked back. Sure. But it's made me think a certain way, and that's why I asked the question, because we all think, whether we realize or not, we think about certain things a certain way, and ethics, whether you say it or not, are important and standards, and the Jesuits have their way to sow these mind time, mind fields in your head, which, as you grow older, they become values that you see yourself adopting. That's why I kind of asked how it affected sure. you. And then when uh, when you pick one specific memory of the place that flashes by you, is there one thing, the avenue or the church or the refectory—or.
1: Well, I, th- I, I think of all of those, I probably had one emotional moment, apart from the brief period when I was first discombobulated by the racket on my first day <laughs> in Congos being left off by my parents, yeah. was at the other end of the journey, which was... I remember, I think my Italian examination was one of the last to be cleared off in the leaving cert. So everybody else who had done the other subjects or standard subject had left the school. And I was almost one of the last there. Mm. And I was to travel out to Salins and down to Tipperary the next day. And I remember it was an absolutely beautiful day. And I sat on a a, a seat. Uh, opposite the higher line pavilion and the sun was going down and there was a wonderful rosy glow and i remember getting a feeling of impending loss for a brief period of time kind of overcome by nostalgia that i was leaving Mm. this place that i had been in and loved for five years the only other memory of course, is that during our year in 1956, the Jesuits were celebrating or remembering 400th anniversary of the death of St. Ignatius Loyola. So we all went off on an Ignatian pilgrimage to the shrines in northern Spain, Loyola, Xavier, and so on. And that was absolutely memorable. So there are two particular memories, They. Ignatian pilgrimage of 1956 yeah. and this last little capsule memory of my last day in Congos.
0: I lived in northern Spain. I went to Loyola once and it, it actually moved me. I don't know why. I thought it was an absolutely amazing place. Very
1: oh. briefly, a little funny episode from that journey was we had long journeys across northern Spain from yeah. Zaragoza and Pamplona and yeah. so on. Where Ignatius had his leg shot off yeah. and we were booked into accommodation and I remember at about one o'clock in the morning all the boys were rousted out of particular accommodation we were in because uh, the Jesuit supervisors had discovered that this was a house of ill repute. <laughs> and, uh, We had semi-suspected that when we opened opened a cupboard and saw big flowery dresses. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's another capsule memory.
0: (laughs) And have you been back to Clodnells many times since you left?
1: Yes, I have. I was occasionally at Father Kenny Day, and of course I was down when my brother Dara was graduating his last year, so there was a picture taken of my mother, father and the five boys who had been in Congos all together on one day. So that was that that's an emotional memory. Well,
0: yeah, I mean as you said, uh Dar was a year younger than me, he left in seventy nine. But yeah. uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention him as a person I remember very well and the fact that I was there that very night, uh, we lost him and that funeral in Tiptown was the most emotional thing I was there, Brett, even yeah, still.
1: That's a terrible. that's a very sad memory. Um he had been captain when he left. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was uh, very. Oh, no, he sad. had everything
0: going for him. I absolutely, you know, he was had everything going for him. It was so sad to see him leave us so early. So, uh, you know, it's an appropriate place to yeah. mention. Him. He's a he's a great guy. So yeah. obviously, uh, sad. And then going from that sadness, would you, I hope you don't choose a sad piece of music, but when I choose, ask you what piece of music is the one that takes you back there and you remember and associate the place with, what would that be?
1: Well, it can only be one for my generation, and that was uh, Mickey Weedle, diminutive figure, sitting up on the stool or chair in front of the organ, pausing and then... Belting out Bach's Toccata and Fugue, <laughs> uh, that was, that's a memory every time I hear that I'm
0: back to the chapel in Clongo. Being 13 years of age or 12, it's crazy, isn't it? And if you were asked to sum up the whole thing in a phrase or a word, what would that be, Mersh?
1: I found Congo's wonderful. It had its failings, but, and it was of its time. But I have nothing but happy memories of it.
0: Muris Fitzgerald, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you.